Here's the snapback. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin scores! A 49-yard field goal, and Indiana leads 27 to 24. Oh, it's an end around one to go. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. Caught touchdown! Fry Fogel again! Welcome to the OEO Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bragg. You can find me on Twitter. It's at Braggley, B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. We have a treat for you guys today. We are back to full strength off the IR. Everybody's here. That means that we're here with our co-host. That's Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled traditionally Brandon or Dubich, D-U-B-I-C-H. A little rusty on that one. Brando, what's up? Glad to be back. We are still a thing. Elio forever. Yeah. Oh, I forgot his Twitter handle. It's at Brandon Dubich. Brandon spelled what is, what's Dubich, the D-U-B-I-C-H. Nightlights. Clear eyes, hearts. full hearts. Can't lose. There it is. And that All jokes. Great content. Elio podcast. <laughs> that voice from the background that is our producer seth you can block him on twitter if you haven't already done it it's at say top five s-e-t-a-h-5 what's up seth i'm uh probably adding to my list of things i have in common with robbie hummel purdue valpo and uh tearing the same acl twice so you know if you're gonna copy somebody go all the way so that's official <laughs> huh if there's anyone you want to buy stocks, it's Robbie Hummel. Like I feel like he, uh, I feel like he's just went meteoric rise into the announcing world. Like you can't, you couldn't go anywhere throughout March without hearing from Robbie Hummel, which is wasn't a bad thing. Okay, quick question. Not a bad thing. Has he hit his ceiling? Is ESPN his Big Ten ESPN his ceiling? Or can Probably. he make it? He's not, like, he's not getting like his own medal. show or anything. He's Come not on. getting a gold medal. He get off the, the gold three medal. On three three on whatever. three is not whatever, dude. Get out of here. He couldn't go up and down <laughs> a court if for uh, twenty minutes if his life depended on it. I don't know how he uh, can even play basketball, and you can't even make it onto a softball field. So um, I got half of what one inning. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. We you should have never been where you were in the field and you didn't listen. You didn't listen to me. You didn't listen to your wife. And here we are without you on the team. So um, what are we talking about today? We're talking uh, a couple new transfers and commits. Actually, I have four to be exact since we last spoke. Um, we're going to talk about a uh, fun little ditty with the college football playoff that came out um, yesterday. Yeah, it doesn't matter this week. Um, and we'll talk about that. We'll actually let Seth and Brandon do a lot of that talking because I don't really know a whole lot about it. So, um, we'll talk about that and then we'll just do the normal stuff. We'll do Brando's Randos, tap into your sack a little bit, and then we'll get I got a packed, I got a packed Brando's Randos ready for this. Can't wait. Um, all right, let's talk transfer, uh, commits first. So, for the 2024 class, IU now has two commitments. Uh, first one coming in. On uh, the 29th, which was the last, that was Saturday, I believe. Saturday, tight end Brand, or Brody Kosen out of Clarkson, Michigan. Um, a six foot six, 225 pound tight end. 
Um, Brandon, what do you do? You know anything about him? Seems to be more of the AJ Barner type, um, kind of deal, right? So I, I would think kind of yeah. I mean, look, he's two stretch. he's two fifteen, right? Yeah. Like he's he's not an inline blocker at all. I do love the offer sheet. He was nice, right? Um, you had a mixture of ACC, Big Twelve. SEC, the offers were nice. Um, so you know, we'll we'll see. It's good to get train or good to get commits. He was our first. I was getting a little worried because like sometimes you get that random January, February pop, and it's May. Um, well, I guess it was April when he committed, but still, um, you like to see some momentum. You like to see Uncle Mo. Love Uncle Mo. Yeah. So how many how many first commits have been tight ends for us recently? It feels like it's been forever, right? Didn't we get a uh I feel like we've been Brady rolling something? with tight ends. Brady, Brady Foley. Brady Foley. Foley. Wasn't he one of the first ones? Or Ryan Miller, one of the two, was one of the first ones last year. Um, and then you know, I feel like that's been a yeah from a, from uh, Ohio. Yep. Both of them from Ohio, I think. Right. Um. So well, I guess. Ryan Miller and uh, yeah, I can't remember, man. We fully so from much, Tennessee. I don't think maybe there's been so much uh, Tennessee movement, so it's kind of hard to keep and keep track. Um, okay, so next one, a new one as of I want to say it was yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday five two biggin big boy Mitch Verstegen. Sorry if I messed it up. He's from Kakana, Wisconsin. And uh, the ties here, obviously, are with our new O-line coach. Um, this guy is – oh, let's go back to uh, Brody real quick. Good offers. Duke, Kentucky, Pitt, West Virginia, athletic basketball player. Good guy. So um, back on to Mitch, the interior offensive lineman, 6'4", 300 pounds right now. So they've got him listed at, at 24-7. Um, I'm assuming this is ties with our, uh, our new O-line coach, Brando. Yeah, um, unlike Brody, he does not have the offer sheet that uh, you know that Brody has. But in coach, we trust, right? This is his backyard. This is where he's coming from. Um, he's a big boy. Uh, give me every Wisconsin lineman um, possible. Uh, I, I love it. Um, it's unsure where he'll play he kind of has the size for a tackle um so we'll see i haven't read enough to see where he's definitely gonna play um but i'll let the coach figure that out or seth who knows seth probably figures out um i got a quick question though who names wisconsin towns and why are they awful like they're they're not even words. They're just like okay. Random so a lot letter. of hold on, because that's about to give us sometimes why they don't always translate cleanly. I do feel a little bad if that's so, true. If that's it, if I just yeah. if I just it is like Maconaquak, Wasa, Mississippi are all like God, this is gonna be so offensive, like but it's our Native American tribes. It sounds like well, for sure. Like, I, that's not words, pal. That, that you can you can mumble. I don't know what you're saying. That's what I feel like every time I see a Wisconsin town rant over. I mean, their biggest city. Well, here's the thing though, after about his last name. Give me his last name one more time. Verstegen. 
Yeah, that's the name of a of a lineman I want on my team. I've watched enough Minnesota, Iowa, and Wisconsin linemen who have names similar to that, who are just road graders. So give me more guys. Yeah, Brazil messes some dudes up. Especially it's from Kaka, Wisconsin. <laughs> you guys are happy I'm back, right? Yeah. Just, just offending yeah. left and right. I apologize to any <laughs> listeners that may have offended um hopefully nobody hopefully we they understand the lightness of of the joke so again the only other offer at south dakota state nobody i mean a couple people looking at him but i mean i'm sure somebody will pick up somebody will pick him up somewhere wisconsin will show some interest maybe along the way i mean a local kid big guy um we'll take them all that's fine don't care who their interest is from just give me a big guy from wisconsin like seth said um all right on to the 2023 transfers again these are just new ones since we've last talked um First one, let's talk about stick with the O-line. Let's go, um, and there's kind of a theme here with all four guys we're talking about. Another interior offensive lineman, Noah Boltikoff. Boltikoff, not Bolitnikoff. Another great lineman name. Yep. Another great lineman name. TCU transfer will be a red shirt sophomore. Uh, I think he starts, not starts, but I think he fights for a starting position um, in camp. Big dude again, 6'5", 306 out of Rose Hill, Kansas. Brandon, have you done any research on him? He played uh, zilch for TCU. Yeah, so, I mean, I think he'll be battling the Khalil Bensons, the Zach Carpenters, guys that have been in the program for a while that really haven't, that have had a high highs and lows low. So, I don't know if he starts. He will certainly play. Um you know, we've we've seen the good Zach Carpenter. We've seen the bad Zach Carpenter. We've seen Cleo Benson turn into a turntable. Um, so he definitely gives uh, definitely gives there, and and he very well he could start. Um, Arn Sharpen's Arn there in the uh, inside offensive line brings experience, man. I mean, even if they didn't maybe deserve to be in the national championship game, <laughs> we talked about this. Seth, get that look off your face. Um, he brings experience. I mean, he was there. Uh, he's been through the battle. He's won the Big 12. He's done all that stuff. They didn't even win the Big 12, did they? No, they lost the Big 12. That's right. Um, so, yeah. So, they, he's been through all of that stuff. Uh, next guy coming in, a guy that's been through um, maybe not the full ringer that Noah's been through, but at least has had some sort of experience. Uh, Brady Archer, a tight end transfer from stanford uh he'll come in as a, a true senior i think a red shirt senior is what they've got him listed at a good blocking tight end not a ton in the receiving stats but he's got the ability over the middle i've watched a few of his highlight tapes um fairly decent size not massive for what we usually recruit but about 6'3 uh 230 or 260 i can't remember which one he was uh, about two about 260 6'3 260 what you would like to see in a good blocking tight end on the edge uh, but has that ability to kind of block out across the middle. Um, have you done any research on uh, Bradley? I'm sorry, I called him Brady. Bradley Archer. Any research on Bradley? A newer recruit. I I haven't. Um, I mean, the you read the same profile that I read him. He's a blocking tight end. I think he's going to help. Um, I think we've talked all offseason. We're going to keep talking. This offense needs to be run-oriented, and that's what he's going to help at. Right. He's he's an experienced blocking tight end. Um, so. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, that's anytime... uh, that's where I see him. The... 
the biggest thing, the biggest thing for me is I love this Stanford pipeline. Like they're our new JV program. I'm loving it. <laughs> you know, we'll take it. That's fine. We'll take some some kids from Stanford. Stanford. They used to be good. Sorry for all you Stanford fans that I offended today too. I apologize. Yeah, the I Cardinal. Apologize. Don't call them Cardinals. The Cardinal. Stanford trees. The Stanford trees. So you can do that and, as to well. To be fair, when Cart when uh, the Stanford Cardinal were really rolling, tight end was one of their biggest positions. Yeah. They had what Fleener. Tweener, yeah. Uh, they had a bunch of it seemed like there for a while. Parkinson recent most recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kobe Fleener. He was nice for a bit. Um, so yeah, that st- anybody coming from Stanford, you know, you're gonna get at least a, a decently educated player as well. Um, and then he's got, as I said, he's coming in as a senior, so have a, a decent amount of experience. I think his career highs were in last year, I think three catches, 30 some odd yards. So not a ton of stuff, but you know what? If he's going to come in as a blocker, we can use him in the run game. Love to see it. It's something that we haven't really had um, maybe for two years. Is that right? And Zach Ertz too, right? From Stanford. Um, so, yeah. So somebody to see on, on the end of the line here. Um, <clears throat> speaking of people that are usually on the end of our line, uh, we're going to go to Seth here on this next topic. Before we go... I think we have like five roster spots left. I think we had seven before these two transfers. So like we have probably a handful left. We may go into the year with one or two scholarships remaining. Teams do that all the time. To walk on God for socials. Um, but I would expect at least three more, possibly four more additions. What? So. What though? So I just read an article today talking about how much talent there still is at the wide receiver position. I like our wide receiver room, but you can always up. Yeah, no, no, right. Um, I hope they keep filling in the trenches. Okay, D line, me too. O line. Yeah, I'm talking big boy defensive line, right? Like I think our edges are are okay. I mean, I think I honestly I do think, and I, I think Andre Carter, it, Andre <laughs> Carter is a a all Big Ten player. Um. He he is very, very good. Um, so to see him, if we could get him matched up with somebody else, like when we used to have the uh you may need to help me with this. I think it's Greg Middleton, Jamie Curlew on the same line. Um, that I would love to see something like that. Now that team, those teams were bad, but they were very good. Um, so yeah, that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, when it, when's the cutoff date? We talked about this, I think a, a few weeks ago, is there a cutoff date for spring transfers? Just the beginning of, of the fall semester. I'm right? sure there. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't think it's still September. Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, ideally, obviously these players would like to be in rolled and in school and in practice well before fall practice begins. Um, so they'll, they're going to try to move as quick as they can, but still take their time, make the right decision. So we'll see what happens there. Um, Okay. Now let's get it over to Seth and uh, we'll let Brandon kind of chime in a little bit. I'm not going to, because I don't know anything about it, but Seth, tell us about what's going on with the new uh, college football playoff format. When it starts, what's going on, how many teams, all that stuff. Yeah. So we're in that desert where there is like no new information coming out about anything football related. So I saw this pop up on Yahoo or Sports Illustrated or something like that, but essentially they've released the 12-team play 
format schedule sites for 24 and 25. And so I'm a little bit hype right now. It is okay. And first of all, it puts to it puts to rest any of the misconceptions that previously were held that they can't do a tournament in football. Uh, because the way they've paced this out every nine, 10 days really makes sense. They're doing a, a single night, a uh, single game Friday night, or sorry, I think it's Friday night, but the opening kickoff weekend. Um, yeah, they're doing an opening game Friday night and then three games Saturday, which I'm I'm sure probably paced out at like one, five and nine. It was a full day of college football. Um, and then they're doing uh, the next is 10 days later on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day with the Fiesta on New Year's Day, Peach, Rose, and Sugar, or sorry, New Year's Eve, and then Peach, uh, Rose, and Sugar on New Year's Day. And uh, was it the, the next round is, Feb- is January 9th and 10th, uh, with the title being January 20th. So the way they've got it paced out is every 10 days. And you can easily see uh, when this eventually expands to probably 24 teams, uh, exactly how they can get an extra week in there if they squeeze it down to seven get days between um, and operate it just like the uh, what is it, the subdivision now. Um, so it's a really cool concept. It seems to really fit. It blends the bull sites. It gives kind of a 10-day window between teams to recover. And again, I think this is only in place for the next two years. So you can foreseeably see in 2026, I, they probably go to 16 and then 24, some derivation of that. But you can definitely see the template for how this evolves moving forward as we're going to continue to expand. Yeah, are, uh, a small sorry. note, small note is the top four teams do get a buy. So um and the whole and the upper the higher ranked teams in those like five versus twelve are going to be played on. That's camp. what I'm so pumped about. Yeah. Five, yep. six, exactly. seven, eight get an extra Huge. home game. Like, yeah, Burr for you know anything above like Kentucky, but like how awesome would that? And I'm just throwing this out there. Obviously, it'd be cool. If, uh, you know, I use in it, but like, could you imagine a game in Wisconsin? Like December twentieth, Auburn has to go up to Wisconsin. Yeah. Like that would be unreal. Like if, like if, uh, let's just throw out USC, right? USC has to go to, let's say, the Big House. I guess it's Big Ten. Big Ten, you might see that anyway. But you like get what I'm saying, right? Like games you would never see in December that you're getting on campus that aren't in bowl games with 25% attendance that far. I'm excited about the 12 team format. Clearly you can hear it in my voice, but the home team is awesome. Obviously this is um, fairly relevant to IU. This question, at least what does this do to the bowl games? Do the same amount of bowl games remain or does this take away from any of the bowl games? Yeah, so all the other bowl games are going to take place just like normal. I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to kind of space them out a little bit so there's nothing competing with the tournament. Um, um, but those games are still very viable and still 
or feeder games to feast off the importance and give kind of something to do in between those big 10 day gaps. So that's the other thing they have. The NCAA has for once done a really cool thing and taking the best of a lot of different worlds here. And you're still making those lesser tier bowl games an exciting experience and you're putting butts in seats. Cause absolutely what Brandon was saying is correct is a lot of those bowl games, there was nobody there. And, yeah. you know, even if it was, you know, some of those peach bowls and things like that, where maybe there's 40,000 out of 70,000 seats filled. Now, you know, those are situations where those seats are going to be full because those games are going to be important. Those fans are going to have an another, impact. I don't want to say cool, another note, but it's a cop out note is there must be at least one group of five. But here's the womp 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 the group of five name so notre dame is pretty much guaranteed in this top 12 every year which kind of sucks but like that'd be cool if there's like a boise state or a central florida to right they would have hosted a game this year right they were a top 10 team at the end of the year like that would have been oh. so cool but they're they only need to they only need to take one yeah yeah and didn't they move out of this the Superdome or whatever the yeah they've got thing well, is they down there play kind wouldn't, of both spots. I was gonna say, but wouldn't you at that point like kind of try to find a bigger venue nearby too to to maximize on? So I mean, there's so many different ways to have cool tie-ins. Yeah, it'd be like UConn. So right? UConn does the or right, or is that's it all Villanova? I have for you? But Villanova that does the Sixers <laughs> Arena, or they're at their house, or they do the or UConn does like their. 13,000 seat arena or they'll go to a 20,000 seat arena depending on the the uh opponent cool is that all you have on that is that right yeah i don't know i don't even know if we even made sense on any of that stuff that just happened um or that we were just talking about uh but if it didn't make sense uh or it was choppy sorry i don't know that's fault that's fault i don't know what to tell you um I mean, his network name has cock in it, so it's got probably got something to do with it. Okay, um, cool. Super quick word from our sponsor, Monon Track Club. Yes, they are still sponsoring us because we have just let them keep doing it, I guess. We're I loyal. We're not dipping our toes in the ch- sponsor portal. No, we are honoring <laughs> our commitment to our sponsor. I would like to. to them. I would. I would like to enter the sponsor portal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but before we do, we are we are always I will forever be an MTC member. Um, MTC is Indiana's running brand built on a tough or T. I'm just done. We're just not even going to do it. Who cares? Use LEO 10 at checkout. Uh, check out their website. It'll be in the show notes for sick gear, stuff like that. Their club runs are back up and running. Mother's Day's coming up. That's 10% right. 10% off. Get her a Monon Track Club shirt. They're nice shirts. I mean, they're not like cheap material. Um, my wife, my wife wears mine around, like pajama shirts. You know, they always want to go to the local farmers market. Well, you yep. know what? You can support local business. Yep. If you go to a local farmers market, there's a good chance that the owner of Monon Track Club will be there. They probably running it. So, um, say hi to Garrett whenever you get out there. So either way, LEO 10 at checkout, LEO 10 at checkout. Um, this is not usually how we treat our sponsors. We just uh, have had kind of a rough night so far <laughs> recording. So 
Uh, we do love MTC. Now let's get back to the show. Brando, let's talk about your randos, buddy. What's going on? Oh, man, so I've been traveling a lot on a lot of planes. So I've been watching a lot of stuff. Netflix. I'm watching. Currently, I'm watching the show called Beef. You guys heard of it? Seen it? Watched it? I've heard. Of we it. have a friend who watched it. Cody it's, watched it. It's yeah. it's Cody pretty a bunch of shit. It's stuff. really funny. I rec. I highly recommend it. But basically, these two people get in this little kerfuffle right in a parking lot and then decide to ruin each other's lives like over nothing. So it got me thinking, who do you two have beef with in the Big Ten outside the Big Ten? And is there anyone outside of the sporting industry that you have beef with? Okay. As um, a host, I will I will take first shot at this one. Uh, this is probably not good for potential future business. Uh, but inside the Big Ten, my biggest beef is with Ohio State, uh, specifically their fans um, and their uh, non-alumni fans at that. Um, considering probably the majority of the, although they do have a giant alumni base, I would assume the majority of the disgusting people that um, infiltrate Memorial Stadium uh, every other year are not. And so I wish they would just never come. Um, outside of the Big Ten, biggest beef. I, I mean, if we're going outside of football, It's Tennessee's probably, number one at my I mean, not not only yeah, for that bowl game, they've wise, stole Tennessee, two basketball yeah. recruits. Their stupid overalls that. just irrationally make me mad. It's the worst color scheme in possibly all football. It is pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, so Tennessee's my non-Big Ten. <laughs> okay. Non-sports. And though? mostly with how they treated us. Like, they they were so nice during the tailgate. Like Southern hospitality. And then during the game, they were F star CKS. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've got my answer. I'm going to go outside of the Big Ten. I'm going to go outside of football, basketball, any of that outside of the country. I'm going to go Manchester United. Probably my, my biggest beef there. I know it's not a direct uh, rival of my team necessarily, but. Um, can't stand their fans as well. They're basically the Ohio State of England. They haven't won anything, but they act like it. Um, that kind of thing. Uh, at least haven't won anything for a while. Uh, non-sports. I don't know. Do I don't pay attention to anything non-sports. I don't have any idea. I don't know. I don't think I do. All right, here we go. I'm going to take a stab at this. Uh, oh, I got it. Go Real off. quick, hold on. Hold on before I forget. Um, hold on. Sorry. Sorry. People that shop at Trader Joe's that don't normally shop at Trader Joe's. So then they're always in your way or they go down the aisle the wrong way. There you go. Tourist shoppers. Great. Yes. If you fantastic. don't shop at Trader Joe's, don't go into Trader Joe's because everybody that does shop at Trader Joe's shops at Trader Joe's and knows where everything's at at Trader Joe's. So stay out of my way. You will not wearing a mask anymore. Beef. Not wearing a mask anymore. So now I can't, I, I still mumble things, but it's more of a verbal. I mean, Seth has known me to be probably somebody that gives off my emotion when I don't think that I'm doing it. So, all right. Yeah, you've got, you've got some RBF going on. Um, all right. So I will go a little obscure with my pick and I will go with Minnesota and specifically uh, Williams arena that mm. 
raised barn. floor at the barn is infuriating. I swear there's like extra condensation on there. And Someone's going to Kevin ins- wear themselves, like it, without a it, doubt. Robbie Hummel did. Thank Robbie you. Hummel. Um, I knew that's where that was going. That's where ACLs go to die. Um, and so I I will always have beef. It feels like every time we go to Minnesota to play football, every time we go to play to Minnesota and basketball, invariably you just want your team to come back in one piece because it seems like somebody's going to get hurt when they're up there. So Minnesota's my beef internally in the Big Ten. Outside the Big Ten, and I still have a huge grudge against Virginia for what Kihai Clark and what's his name, Mamadou Diakiti, did to us. Uh, that's still the absolute heartbreakingest of heartbreakers. And uh, my non-sports related is people who do not know that you can't make a left turn from the right lane in a roundabout just absolutely drives me ass and I it just ugh. I'd like to make to make a point on this my you uh, wouldn't make a left hand turn from the right hand lane if it was no. a stop sign mm-hmm. so um my mother-in-law and sister-in-law came into town last week we just had our uh third child so um came into town last week to see him outnumbered um, by little people man Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> um that's fine it's fine the the youngest one i can still beat up so it's fine um so either way they complained almost immediately because at the hospital as you get off of the exit to get to that road there is a like figure eight figure eight figure eight figure eight um roundabout type deal and then a normal roundabout and immediately they were like, I almost got into three accidents on the way here, just getting off of the exit. And I'm just like, bro, it is so easy that when you were trying to get into the roundabout, all you care about is anything to your left. You don't look at anything else. You just look at any cars coming from your left. If there are no cars coming, you are free to do whatever you would like to do. Granted, you follow the street signs that are immediately to your right as you are entering said roundabout. It is not that hard. And their response is, well, whenever you do it every day, it's really not that hard. But when you don't, it's very confusing. And the, the people who hit their brakes once they're in the oh, roundabout they as if they're yielding for other stops. people. Yes. What the? Oh, for the life I just got God. in an accident because somebody did that. Yeah. Oh, my oh gosh. My. Can I guess where? Was it in Hamilton County? It was. Can I get, was it Campus Parkway in Olio? No, it wasn't. Okay. That's an awful one. <laughs> because that is, That's an the, awful one. that is the number one spot, I think, in the state. I think it's the state. Like that is the number one spot for like the most accidents per whatever. So cars traveled. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure that's a stat. No, it, it was completely not my fault. And just someone who doesn't know how to work. And I mean, I drive fast, right? I was probably following too closely, but the person just immediately didn't know what they were doing and made an epically horrible decision that honestly cost me. But it it made it allowed me to get my new Volkswagen Atlas. Nice. At uh, Noblesville, Tom, Tom Wood. Wood Volkswagen. That's right. I was there today. Look at that. Some air pressure. Say hi to pops. No. Oh. All right. All right. I got. I got. I got more. I got more. You guys ready? Go yeah. All right. Um. Everyone loves a comeback story. Samson James. I don't know if you guys covered this. You skipped one. I know. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want. We to should talk one. about that one. I would like to talk about that one, please. Okay. Maybe we'll we'll go back to the. But I like okay. this one more. So everyone loves a comeback story. Did you guys talk about Samson James? No. He is back. He is a preferred walk-on um, without a scholarship. I love it. I think um, 
I would well, we, I think I welcome them back home. So my question to you guys, A, do you love a comeback story? And would you ever go back to a friend group, a company, a spouse, um, or, or when doors close, you are gone? Okay. Um, one, we do have those five open available scholarships. I would bet, I don't know if my newest born, but maybe my middle child that he gets one of those five available scholarships before likely. fall camp ends. Um, and I made the mistake one time of going back to an ex. I'll never do it again. <laughs> never again. Um, uh... Lesson learned. And so, no, but I do. I'm also very happy that he's back. Also very happy. I am not one to burn bridges. Um, but at the same time, you never revisit the scene of a crime. Exactly. Like, <laughs> come on, man. Yeah. yeah. For him. I, I mean, I, I don't have any issue with him. I wish him well. Um, you know, he, he did no harm to us. It's not like there's any bad feelings. But I mean, I just it, that's got to be weird. And I'm uh, Tom, Coach Tom Allen's the kind of guy who I think would foster an environment be welcoming to those kinds of reclamation stories um so it's really cool it's been an interesting story to follow next year but um how much relevance he has during the actual you know in-game season we'll Brag, you're the see. only one that would know this and this uh, this literally just came to my head who yeah. was the d tackle that like committed and then decommitted and then didn't show up for fall camp and then we brought him back and then it just oh, like never no. worked out he played maybe five games and he was an absolute monster in those then, five games yeah. he played. And then left the team again or was like kicked off the team. Yeah. Oh, and this, this was like goodness. for three years, three or four years this went on. He was an absolute monster, but just like Tom was, Allen just kept bringing him back. It was right after Darius Latham. I it was. Say. It so was. Let me look at let me look at some rosters real quick and then I'll let you. All right. Um, the, I'll I'll ask. I'll bring up the next one to Seth while you're googling this. Um, Seth, you follow. Obviously, you do an IU podcast. You follow the happenings of the Big Ten. What is going on at Michigan State? Oh my God! They've lost seven starters, including their quarterback and what, top receiver last week. Yeah. What is going on in Sparty Town? You know, I I think we've speculated about this before. They really were a smoke and mirrors team two years ago with all their roster turnover and their they really hit the gold uh, with Kenneth Walker, what the third, um, and they just what whatever lightning in a bottle he had uh, um, has clearly worn off for magic. Maybe I'm mixing terrible metaphors here, um, but but that's really what seems to be happening is there is some kind of a toxic environment that people are running from. You do yes. not lose starters. I mean, Purdue lost a bunch of starters on the offensive line. So eating my words here as I speak, but you do not. You had a new coach. I mean, you, you, there, there were, there were understandably. Yeah. And he's bringing something. in a ton of transfers and a lot of his guys. And I get that, but this is what year three, or four of the Mel Tucker regime at this point, your guys are entrenched and to have this much roster turnover. I don't want to say it's surprising in as far as quantity, but the who and the, where their position on the depth chart is very strange for a power five program. That's not too, too far removed from, um, you know, prominent bowl relevance. I'm going to offensive Michigan state fans. I'm just on a roll offending people. We call them a fraud. 
Um, we knew it was a terrible hire. Uh, they're stuck with them. The buyout's currently at $52 million. Um, I don't care how rich that alumni base is. No school oh, is he, paying. He's a bad boy for life. Oh, for sure. <laughs> they signed their soul to a fraud, and I'm not mad about it at all. He's going to burn down that program, which we've all said it. IU's goal is to replace Michigan State. IU's ceiling is to be the next Michigan State. Right, and he your competition is, is Maryland us. and Rutgers. Yeah, so um, good. That's all I gotta say. Uh, we've been talking about gifts, you know that uh, childish Gambino. Good. Um, that's all I gotta say about what's going on in Michigan State. Brad, yeah. anything to add there? No, no, I don't. No notes. Um, other no than notes. I love it. Uh, no, I don't have anything else to add because the only thing that stinks though, is that your boy's gone. So you can't, yeah, you can't, yeah, there it is. You can't do the Bella Thorne Thorne thing. Um, how many listeners? I got it. I got it. I got Googled Bella Thorne. That's, that's really all I want to know. I finally found it. At least two. At least you. Yes. Yep. Juan Harris. Juan Harris, the six foot three, 360 pound defensive tackle. He was awesome. I think he played. Oh, I want to say he played. I think I can probably get here. Stats 2017. No, he would have played a lot more than that. But this is his freshman year was 2017. He was kind of on it. And he came back. And then I remember being like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Whatever. Either way. Can we get back to the question that you skipped? Yeah. I would like to talk about that. So, yeah, um, I'll I'll answer it uh, or I'll ask it. You answer it. Um. My Penguins didn't make the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. I'm from Pittsburgh, so I don't have an NBA team. Uh, I'm on year two of my MLB boycott, um, and I don't watch Premier League. So, like, what should I be watching? It doesn't have to be sports, but I am. I'm. I need. Like, I'm. I'm going to Canada next week. I'm going to Germany in a few weeks. Like, I need things to watch. Help a dude out. Okay. So if you want to watch some shows, some stupid shows that are funny, um, I think you should leave on Netflix is one. It's just a I've heard that. sketch show. Yeah. It's it's like literally one of the dumbest shows you will ever watch in your life. But it's hilarious. And then Dave on on FX. If you don't watch Dave, I'm Dave. Amazing. Hi, uh, I'm Dave. Although I really hate the episode that I'm on right now where they're making the music video. It, it's awful. Like, it's really, really bad. Um. And I love that show and I love Little Dickie and I love everybody on it. And I just have been fast forwarding through it, hoping that it would end. Might just finish the episode. Sports wise, you need to be watching the NHL playoffs. I know that you are a Penguins fan. Bitter. Which means I'm that you so bitter. You should not necessarily hate the Panthers, even though they were the team that got in over your Penguins. But my Panthers have beaten what have been called the best team in the NHL ever in the Boston Bruins in the first round and have goated, taken forever goaded for that forever lead over the Toronto Maple Leafs in an easy game one win. Um, watch the Panthers. They are a blast to watch game tomorrow. Game two is tomorrow. So Seven. I'm, I, and I'm I've, not watching the NBA. I don't want, I, I, it's fine. I just, I don't care, I guess. Yeah. I don't care about the NBA. Um, my team that I want to see, I want to see a Panthers Kraken Stanley Cup, oh, and I want the amazing. Kraken to win it all. Yeah. Haven't watched a single NHL playoff game because I'm salty that my Penguins aren't in it. 
it's a shame Sidney Crosby should have got a better team around him. Um, yeah. But sure, I, I can pull for the Panthers. I have I have no ill will against the Orlando Panthers. <laughs> they're not. They're in Sunrise, Florida, which is Miami. But um, hold on, real quick, are you going to talk about the Stars cracking game last night? Stars cracking game five four last night. I think the first period was three to two. Like it was nuts. Um, and the yeah, the cracking. I didn't stay up for the whole thing um, because I don't really care about anybody outside of the Panthers, but. Um, the NHL playoffs are a blast. I'm not going to push soccer on you anymore. Say Panthers one more time. Panthers. So transitioning from one Panthers to another, um, my wife and I are smack dab in the middle of a Friday night lights watch for the first time. Um, it is fantastic. Um, I would, I'd run through a heart. I'd run through a wall for a coach. Hot take. Hot take. And when I'm watching a sports show, it doesn't have to be about sports. I love Ted Lasso. This season's a little weird, um, but I I love Ted Lasso. I've I've watched other sports shows. I can't do Friday Night Lights. I went through the first two seasons. There's just not enough football, and the sports scenes are horrible, horrible. Like I can do the whole high school drama soap opera thing. Yeah, that's kind of fun, but like. You got to put some effort into the sports scenes and Friday night lights. I think is the, this is my hot take the worst sports scenes of any sport TV show hmm. or movie. Are they, they worse are than the sports scenes in Ted Lasso? Percent speed. It is so bad. Uh, but the, the soap opera stuff is so good. The, the soap opera stuff too. isn't bad. The soap opera stuff is fun. Like if I'm liking the soap opera stuff more than the football that's oh, tough. Which team are you on? Are you team Tyra, team Lila, or team Julie, or even team Tammy? I mean, Coach Tammy Taylor's not bad. Tammy Taylor's not bad. Lila, absolute smoke show. But sure. I like, I like, what's the trashy one? Tyra. Tyra. I'm team Tyra. Tyra. Yeah. Team Tyra all the way. My wife yeah. just said I'm sick, by the way. She <laughs> obviously is not team Tyra. <laughs> Give me the trashy one all day. The trashy. I gotta look up Tyra. Let me look up Tyra Friday Night Lights because I'm a oh, huge fan smoked. of the movie. I will not watch the show because Dude, I don't the movie. Watch the show. If I've had too many beverages, um, and I watch that movie, I'll tear up. If I've oh, had yeah, zero beverages, there is I no beverages I need to tear up. Oh, that I don't like movie. Tyra. I don't like Tyra. Oh, come on. There's so who, who are like you, Seth? Who are you right here? Maybe. Like, okay, so again, the ages that they're portraying on the show make these conversations creepy but um like iris 37 i know in the sh- like at the current time oh she was 37 I... at the time no no, I mean, no. She just looks okay. they were in their old. like mid-20s though like it's okay i mean i could do i just sent a picture in the in the chat I, that's okay that's not bad I could, yeah that's... she's fantastic she's yeah. great um and Coach Eric Taylor's daughter Julie is super cute. I think she's like, I don't know. I don't, don't even remember her to be honest. Oh, she's great. She dates. We, Saris we tried like five years ago. We we tried five years ago, so I don't really remember too much of it. Yeah, but I I gave him some crap for this too. Just now watching a show from what two thousand. It was too close to home, man. It was too close to when I played. It was. It's gonna be impossible yeah. to watch. I was already. 
emotional roller coaster. Yeah, I'm sure too you real, man. Too so real. I'm definitely, definitely gonna give Dave a try. Give me, give me something, Seth. Give me something other than Friday Night Lights. He's gonna give you murder podcasts, stuff like that. No, I was gonna tell you that next week's episode of Small Town Murder is from Trail oh. Creek, Indiana, which is I right know outside Trail of Creek Michigan really City. Well. I know Trail um, Creek very yeah. well. So when I saw that, I immediately thought of you. I go, the only person I know who lives closer to this place. They have an uh, awesome like haunted maze. Did they figure out who the murderer was? Because he was oh, very yeah. clear about how yeah. he knew he knew that little town very well. Somebody knows too many details. <laughs> I know that. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be like well. pulled up on a on a murder podcast. They're gonna pull from this podcast. Anyway, we're getting off the rails. That's all I got for Brandon. Okay, good. Anything in your sack, Seth? Yeah, I got one. So one of the fun things to look at is uh, when the draft and they're always like, oh, these are the five power five programs that didn't have anybody drafted. Of course, IE was on there. Um, here's a fun one, though. Uh, when uh, what was it? The F uh, what's the BCS? When you look at all the teams that ended up in a BCS uh, bowl game, like it was a, a vast majority of the power five teams eventually made one. Like, I think it was like 80%. Obviously Purdue was not one of them either. So I can't brag Purdue, or do anything. Purdue made them. one, right? No, not a, not a BCS the Rose bowl. It wasn't a BCS bowl before that. That was oh, before okay. the BCS was okay. implemented. Um, so one of my, so as this expands to 12, you're going to have 12 teams every year, at least what is the last power five team to make the playoffs or the team that has the lowest in the next 10 to 20 years of ever making a tournament game. Why did my, my mind immediately went to Rutgers? No chance. No chance. Like Vanderbilt, I think was one that came Vanderbilt's to mind for one, me pretty quickly. I would think with USC, and UCLA losing, there is a vacuum in the Pac-12. Give me either Wasu or Oregon State. Both those teams have some mo, dude. I know they have some mo. Like some team is going to come from the doldrums of the Pac-12, and for some reason, the Pac-12 will still be relevant because you know it is like twenty-five percent of our country. Um. So give give me I'm going out there not because I think those teams are any good but just because like the Rutgers IU I mean it's still the Big Ten with USC and UCLA coming up right like it ain't gonna happen. Hold on, I'm not sure you understood the question. Who, who's the least? Who's gonna be the last team to potentially make it? Oh, to play? like so you, who's the exact be... opposite? Yeah, 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 opposite yeah, yeah, of what yeah, yeah. I'm saying. Like, like Vanderbilt, Rutgers. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Vanderbilt. Oh, it, in the but... SEC. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Van, Vanderbilt for sure. It's Vanderbilt. Okay. The answer. Okay. Even more so than Kansas. I yeah. Well, Kansas now they don't have Texas or Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Right. right. Oh wait, so... you're telling me that Cincinnati, BYU, Houston, <laughs> and what UCF aren't on par with that? I was quite. led to believe that they were replacing them. Yeah, and then the ACC is such trash, right? So like Boston College is dead. Yeah, right? Boston They're... College could be one too. But Boston, the, but, man, that's but a when good one, Brandon, when Clemson leaves, when Florida State leaves, the ACC is basically going to be the Pac-12, right? So like you got to look at the Big Ten and the SEC when you look at that question. You just you just have to. 
because this the schedule difficulty is just gonna make the odds so yes minuscule yes okay same page. vandy poor vandy <laughs> <laughs> all right my sack right. is empty guys good deal all right cool well, let's wrap it up it's been kind of a long one um maybe we'll see we might just get about half of a pot out at the end we had a little bit of some uh connection issues at the beginning um either way be sure to check out the pod it's on twitter it's at podcast leo you guys already know that but if anybody's new is listening just check it out uh off season not that crazy during the season nuts so check it out be sure to download rate review follow do all that fun stuff tell your friends tell their friends tell everybody tell your coworkers. Yeah. put it above the water cooler at work um do all of that stuff you know give us a rating five stars would be fantastic um and leave you know even if you don't like us i've said it before tell us how bad we are like just say this is are you from wisconsin and i offended you yeah leave us five stars five and stars then say... and you can go nuts but if you leave one star and you and you you go at us i'm taking it off you're not gonna see it i don't know if i can do that or not. but i'm gonna i'll i'll text or email somebody at apple or write them a letter have them take it off of the reviews or on google or whatever just be nice with the stars and you can be mean with your words. So, um, okay. Either way. Love you guys. Elio. L E O. Happy to be back. Elio. And that doesn't count. One more time. It, I heard it a little bit. He said it. Elio. He said it three times. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right, great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day. And Elio. Oh, thank you so much. Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that. Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day. Elio. Awesome. Elio. Elio.